What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 39 of Hit the Books, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of sports and sports gambling. Each episode, we break down the latest news and trends, provide analysis, and offer up our best bets and betting advice. So let's jump into this week's episode of Hit the Books. On this week's episode, we have Huff in studio with me, Mackie and Ace from home. We got a little bit of everything this week. Conference finals are wrapping up quickly in both leagues, especially in the NHL where we have our DraftKings prize pool live once we get the matchup set for the Stanley Cup finals. On top of that, we have the NHL and the MLB with some news and things to review. Can't forget about our power rankings in the MLB that we do each and every week. So let's move into this week's episode and introduce my co-hosts, Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Mackie, let's start off with you this week. What do you got for us, buddy? Nice to see you, buddy. Yeah, um, not much. It's getting into the conference finals. A lot of surprises that we've seen. Um, one week closer to the NFL. I know the, the NHL season and the NBA seasons are coming to a close, but we're getting closer to the NFL week by week. Um, just looking forward to that. Other than that, not much going on. Kind of a slow week. Um, yeah, that's about it. For sure. Real excited about that. Ace, let's shoot it over to you next. What do you got for us, buddy? Yeah, like Mackie said, uh, getting close to that NFL season, but I'm really cherishing these last few weeks that we have of the NHL and NBA playoffs. I mean, so many elite athletes going at it at the top level. Um, I'm hoping for some tighter series when we get to the finals. Uh, been, been a bit crazy here to start. That's something I didn't expect to see, of course. But um, yeah, been killing the cards too. And MLB full swing. Happy that that's rolling. Had some day baseball today. Can't beat that. So, ready to get talking, ready to go. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, Huff, you're in studio here with me. Let's finish it off with you. What do you got for us, buddy? Yeah, not much going on. Um, like Ace said, a lot lot going on in these conference finals. Um, our, our Western Conference Finals pick, Vegas, plus 440. Looking, We just need one more win, and we clinch that. So, uh, our DraftKings prize pool coming up right around the corner, and Looking to get Vegas as one of the teams there representing the West, cash a bet and have them in the uh, DraftKings prize pool. So definitely look forward to that. Lots of good stuff, boys. Looking forward to yet another week here, episode 39. Let's get right into it. Let's start off with a, uh, a top three segment, the top three sports announcers. I'm curious to hear what you guys' top three sports announcers are. Who wants to start off this week? I'll start us off here. Um, give me a second. I wrote it down. Okay, so top three. Mine are kind of from all across the board. Um, one non-current, two current. Um, I'll start with number three. I'm going to go up my hockey pick, uh, Mike Emmerich. Uh, classic Wednesday night hockey, the rivalry night on NBC. Mike Emmerich's calling the game. You knew it was a big deal. Uh, a lot of classic uh, Sid Ovechkin rivalry games were called by him, so... Hearing his voice a lot in the uh, older generation of the NHL, definitely, definitely one of the best to ever do it. Number two, I'm going to go uh, Mike Breen. Obvious reasons, all the bang calls, the best calls, all the calls that he's ever had throughout his career. Uh, he's definitely in my top three, and that's why he gets that number two spot. Uh, sitting right behind my favorite sports announcer of all time, and that's going to be Jim Nance, uh, the Hello Friends. Anytime you hear that, you know you're getting down for something that's going to be a big deal, whether it's the Masters, a big-time NFL Sunday. Uh, Jim Nance is easily, in my opinion, the best to ever do it. Uh, and that's, I mean, there's, I definitely left, left a couple of legends off the board. Like, I mean, we weren't alive for, like, the, the Pat Summerall's and the John Madden, so I never really got to experience that. These are three guys that, um, I'm a huge sports guy, so these are three guys that every game I'm watching, I'm hearing one of their voices or were in the case of Doc Emmerich every night. So 
Uh, that's my top three. I like the list, huh? Um, yeah, definitely a, a bit of recency bias here in mine as well. Um, tough to put people on here that we never actually watched. But with number number three here, I'm going to go Michael Kay um, from the Yankees. It's probably just a thing with me growing up with the Yankees on the TV every single day because my dad's a Yankees fan. Um, but he has some memorable calls. He was in his prime with like Jeter and uh, Mariano Rivera on the mound. So um, he has some things that are stuck in my head probably for a lifetime. Um, number two, I'm going to go Mike Breen with uh, NBA. Obviously, he has some crazy calls with Steph Curry's. Um, threes that he that he calls his his, his um memorable bang my that, uh, everyone knows my of. favorite call by mike breen not to cut you off there is not even the bang call it's the and it's blocked by james yeah i'm a bigger steph curry fan so that's what i remember from him but uh <laughs> it's my number two and uh number one i'm gonna go a duo here with uh al michaels and sam rosen for the new york rangers um, definitely really biased here, but I'm just I I love their commentary. I love their uh their announcing and uh yeah, that's definitely my unanimous number one. Yeah, it's a good list. You both had Mike Breed on there. I'm not surprised those legendary NBA calls, but I had to go with the more of the sports that I'm more in tune with. Uh, like Mackie, I went with a Homer pick at three. Um, very polarizing figure too. A lot of uh enemies hate him and a lot of fans even hate him i'm going with jack edwards guy's a nutcase love him in the booth i watch all 82 with the bruins and the boys on nest and so jack and brick are always tearing it up um he says some crazy shit but you gotta love it at number two i'm gonna go with al michaels um i mean legendary going to sunday night football him in the booth like such that clean voice it's so many classic games reminds me of the patriots dynasty as well 20 year dynasty six rings not a big deal um, all right, coming in at number one, I'm going to go with Doc Emmerich as well. Huff had him on his list, but how can you not love him? Like the things he says, waffle boarded away and like crazy things like that. I mean, just iconic. And that, that brings me back to those initial uh, winter classics. I feel like that's when he was really in his heyday, um, at least in my lifetime. That so, first winter classic. Like, I can think of that when Crosby was in the shootout and Crosby can win the game and the game the on his says stick. Crosby too. Yeah, He's dude. like, and Crosby. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh. Like a young lady from Schwinnigan, like the random sayings that he has. <laughs> young lady, like just the great, the great iconic. Um, favorite sport. It's such a hard thing to do, and he did it so well. It's tough for anybody to fill his shoes. Yeah, Al Michaels is definitely one of my honorable mentions. That I, I was trying to get him on there, but if he, if it was five, he's number four for me. If it wasn't mo- like favorite or uh, mo- like best ones, I would go with. One of the most hype ones, I can't think of his name, is that guy that does college and NFL. Um, I know he's current in the NFL right now. He's pretty electric when he announces. I, I got I to gotta grab his name, but let's hear Jesse's. All right, I got my three. Going with the classic Jim Nance. Can't go wrong. You know, he's all over sports. Like I've said, the Masters, all over the, every sport you can think of. When you hear him talk, you know you're going to get something good. Behind him, Doc Emmerich, classic old schooler in the NHL, like Mac, or like Ace said. Lots of good sayings across the board, like waffle boarded away. Uh, ESPN or NBC, I believe, years ago did a uh, like a 30 on 30 or something for, on him and all his different sayings and stuff like that. And it was just honestly crazy to hear him just say them oh, like back to back to back to back to back and like him just tell you what they mean and everything like for people that might not, may not understand. And my third one is Penguin's own Mike Lang. 
classic radio announcers, also has some really good sayings. Make me a milkshake, Malkin. Scratch my back with a hacksaw. Legendary Stanley Cup calls for the Pens. And an honorable mention, Pierre Regis Maguire. Used to kill it between the benches on Wednesday nights and in the playoffs. I fucking hate People him. hated him, but he just, he was there. He made the content. He was, I liked him. I don't know why. I didn't love him. I liked him. Uh, Pierre, what a dweeb, but he was elite inside the glass. Well, let's go down inside the glass with Pierre. Like, that's iconic. They send the fucking dweeb. dorkiest dude down to sit in between the players, and it's like... I don't Everyone know. I used so to make fun of him. He used to suck fucking Crosby's cock too. They used to say he was up his ass. Yeah. Yeah. He loved pulling out those stats too. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, when he was playing for the Ramuski Oceanic, he had like 17 goals in 13 games when he was wearing dark jerseys." It's like, <laughs> what? He did have the wildest stats. Uh, He'd yeah, be like, another- yeah. His his twin brother played like for two teams that should have went all the way <laughs> to win it. It's like, what? What? Yeah, another another honorable mention that I left off was Kevin Harlan, another NBA guy, but definitely not in my top three. I just like him uh, as one of the one of the better NBA guys. Yeah, so many good ones. This it's, is a hard one tough. for me to it's do a three. I have five, five, I could easily do five, but like I said, Al Michaels and Kevin Harlan—they're definitely up there. What about this hot take? Do you guys like uh, Joe Buck? Joe Buck—he was another one I was looking at, but he—he—he uh, yeah. he, he didn't make it up there. Some people hate him, obviously. I'm not a Troy and Joe guy. Yeah, I think it's not too bad. I'm more of an Al and Chris. Now, here's a guy, Al, that... Dude, that on Sunday Night Football, how many times do you hear that from fucking Chris (laughs) Collinsworth on Sunday Night? Huff just likes when he rolls into the booth. (laughs) Oh, honorable mention. All right, here's mine. I couldn't think of the guy who I was referring to, but he's the guy that announced Will Greer's game-winning play against Texas when we were in college. Um... He's, he does NFL now, too, and he just makes college games hype. I can't think of his name. But my honorable mention uh, is going to be Tony Romo. I think he's great. Does great color, great play-by-play. Yeah, um, he just because he knows, what, he knows what's coming almost every single play. They I told him that, to stop that. I like that, though. I know. They told him, like, stop. You're not, like, we don't want to know what You're ruining it. You're ruining it. Yeah, like, <laughs> we don't want to know what the fuck's about to happen. It's crazy impressive, though. Yeah, yeah, I like I like what he does. It honestly, he he's a good analysis too. Too too um, bad he wasn't more athletic. Might have had a few rings. Oh, well, he played for the Cowboys. Too. It's a tough <laughs> curse. You set yourself up for that one. Yeah, I just hate it. I like Tony Romo. I have his autograph on a football in my room. So no hate, no hate there, Mackie. Let's move forward in this week's episode. Let's start off with the NHL. The Florida Panthers jump out to a 3-0 series lead after defeating the Carolina Hurricanes in game four, or in four, four, num- oh my gosh, in four overtime in game <laughs> one, overtime in game two, and in a one nothing victory in game three, Panther stars Matthew Kachuk and Sergei Bobrovsky have been the driving force for Florida. Game four here about to start, puck drop happening any minute here. What do we think's happening in this series, boys? I mean, Florida up 3-0. Do the Hurricanes take one? I think we have Florida tonight. What do we think? Yeah, get the brooms out. This Carolina team can't win on the road in the first place, especially with all the momentum this Panthers team has. Uh, Bobrovsky's been a stud in the pipes, obviously, with the shutout last game. Um, I, I, I don't think Carolina pulls one out. Yeah, Mackie, I'm right there with you. I mean, this this Florida Panthers team, like we said last week coming in, they're firing on all cylinders. And we called it. If they could take game one and they take all the air out of the balloon for Carolina, then 
those Panthers are going to be riding high. And that Carolina team that needs to win at home and couldn't do it early on, I mean, what faith do you have? You saw you saw the clips of Svechnikov banging his stick after that, that last loss, one nothing. I mean, they can't solve Bobrovsky and for such a, a such an offensive-powered team. I mean, tough to see. Expected a better series here, but those cats are rolling, and we're all over at Betting, too. So, I mean, we saw this coming. Matthew Kachuk is definitely him, even though Consmite definitely leaning towards uh, Bob. Yeah, and I, I definitely have – I've been the one that's kept picking against these Panthers in each of these series, not necessarily the first round. I kind of well, – I've made my take on that. But uh, at least this round, I, I'm the one that said I think Carolina goes up 2-0. But obviously, I, I'm just glad that I bought in on this Panthers team now because I, I think they get the sweep done at home. Carolina can't play on the road. Uh, Florida looks like the better team. They just look like they want it more or less. Uh, what was it, two nights ago, winning a one nothing hockey game and – uh, a game where Carolina was playing good and they were getting the offense. They were getting, they were dominating in the shot department in the first and early on. And I really thought that was going to be the game that Carolina won. And Florida pulls out a one nothing win. Bobrovsky gets a shutout in game three, first game at home, first Eastern Conference Finals game in Florida since '96. That place is going to be buzzing here tonight for game four. I'm glad we got him on the card tonight. I like Panthers to sweep this series. Uh, I just don't think there's much life left for these Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, and what's what's really crazy about this team is we loved highlighting Bobrovsky and we love highlighting Kachuk because how can you not um, Matthew Kachuk with back to back overtime game winning goals? That's just it's incredible. Crazy, dude. He, but it, like, it's, it's, it's really crazy. this this depth that's showing up for them. I mean, they have proven winners in the stalls on the bottom of their roster. We've went over it. They have Verheke, they have Duclair, they have Bennett and Reinhardt. These guys are playing at the top of their game. Radko Gudis uh, doing what he does best. Just banging bodies all throughout the ice, uh, second in the league this year coming in. Guys like Forsling and a healthy Ekblad. I mean, this team's a wagon, but what strikes me is how fast they play. Like, speed is such an important element of the game. How strong and fast this team plays is really what's getting the job done for them. And Paul Maurice has them bought in, you can tell, with three straight one-goal games. Yeah, I mean, and like, like you guys said, I, that the video that we posted, your guys' take on them last week was spot on. I'm just glad, like I said, I bought in on them. I'm, I was not at no point did I think Carolina was going to come into Florida and just turn the series around and go back kind of similar to what we saw in that Rangers-Devils series in round one where Rangers won both games in New, uh, New Jersey and then they went back to New York and the Devils won. Like The road team just kept winning. I don't think that, I just didn't think that was going to be a, the case here. And uh, like I said, I like Florida to get the sweep tonight. Yeah, that first game was just so massive and took the air out of everything and then they really believe in the Panthers too. That's what every just more belief. Everybody keeps buying in now. And I wonder if they'll gain some respect going into the Stanley Cup if they can get it done. But I really don't think they will. I think they're gonna be disrespected. No, they'll, they'll be yet the again. underdog again for sure. No, but I'm not even saying that I don't, like I don't I don't know about that. They're gonna be underdogs know. for sure. They're not gonna have home line. ice. They're the underdog. Yeah. It'll, it'll be closer. But I think that there's gonna be a lot you're gonna see a lot of people taking that Western Conference team uh, which should be the the Knights, obviously. But um, I'm just surprised that a Brendan Moore coach team with the depth they added in Burns and whatnot can't figure out how to get the job done once. And I know one goal games, it's such like a... So it could go either way, literally. Every single game could have gone either way. But how do you not pull out one of these three? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think game two is even a bigger, bigger game than game one. I mean, I was expecting, like we said last week on the pod, that uh, the Panthers were going to steal one on the road. Um, Stealing both on the road from a team that can only really win at home in the playoffs—that's been 
notorious for that is is uh pretty incredible and that's why i'm so i i just can't see carolina winning a game on the road because they, they've been so notorious to, to lose games on the road in the playoffs and um this team is just so hot right now i just can't i i, I can't i think this team is dead and the thing about rod brennamore i mean he's when was the last time he he won an important game um he's been known for not getting over that hump year in year out and this team just can't do it and you know they got they got past the eastern conference semis for the first time and now they're going to get swept four games to the eighth seed in the in the finals, which is, I don't know, it's pretty embarrassing. They got to figure something out over there. You know what's funny to me is the fact that, um, like we're touching on Bob so much, and when you look at it, I guess goaltending is the difference in this series. But these Carolina Hurricanes goalies are playing well, but I still think that's a deficiency in this team. Um, I know that four overtimes is a lot, but that first game, that Kachuk goal, that was pretty soft that he let in to to lose that one. In my opinion, you got to have that one. I know you've been the seventh period. I know you're late. Everybody's tired, but it's a point blank shot in the sh- a shot in the slot without traffic. Got to come up with that one. Such a backbreaker at such a crucial time. I was, was going to say we're fa- room, we were failing to mention we were failing to mention he, game one goes a four overtimes. That's anyone. I mean, that's anyone's game with less than twenty seconds left in the fourth overtime. Half of those Carolina players looked like they thought the period was over, and that's mm-hmm. why they always say play till the buzzer. There's there's eighteen seconds left in the clock in the fourth overtime. This guy turns around and rips one out of nowhere. He, he he's his head's already in the locker room. He's he's thinking about how long this game is going to go, and before he even knows that the, the game's over. So, um, obviously a huge break. Chuck using his head, obviously, um, catching uh, who was it? I don't even know was it Anderson or uh, Ranta? And then, it was Anderson game one, and they turned to Ranta after that. Yeah, um, caught him off guard. I don't think going to Ranta is the answer here. I think that was a pretty bad decision as well. Um, even though they both played, they both played well. Yeah, but why are you switching goalies like that? I mean, you, you go Seven, with your starter. It, yeah, it's probably just because they wanted to give him the rest. Do you expect the series to go a bit deeper? I mean, seven periods is a lot for a goal. You know that. You, you don't, I mean, you lose game one at home. You don't really sit to play seven games. You sit to win game two. You need to win game two. It's a must-win situation. I'd be hungry to come back after losing in uh, seven overtimes, too. I mean, to get put back on the bench is a tough spot. But so such few offense from such a high-flying team. I mean, the style of play that, that the Panthers have, they wear you down, they buzz. I mean, they they get the job done. And uh, I think throughout these series, guys like Gudis are taking a toll. Even guys like Reinhardt and Bennett are playing hard-nosed hockey, and that's what's winning. And the brick wall in that definitely helps. Yeah, definitely helps. He's earning all of that $10 million contract right here. Yeah, this the, run. The, the amount of shit that was talked about that contract, from me included, he's definitely he's making that money now. You know who doesn't do this? I mean, good luck to whatever he's dealing with, but Spencer Knight doesn't go on this run, especially at this age. Oh, definitely not on this run, but I think that if he did, if he was in, then he'd be the goalie. They'd be out of the playoffs by now. Agreed. Agreed for sure. That's why. And, I'm, and I'm, a big, I'm a big Spencer Knight, Knight guy as well, so that's just nothing against him. It's just this is veteran experience, and this is something that Bob has probably been longing for for a long time. What's crazy is I, rem- I remember early on in the season, I was fading the Panthers every time he was playing. Yeah. Dude, he was, he was terrible. He was his his goals against average is up. To he like he four, backed four up Alex six. Lyon to begin this run. Let's not forget that. It was Alex one decision. Lyon. It was a game. It was a game seven decision. They didn't know who to play. They played Bob, or it might have even been game game five or game six. But they ever since that decision, he has not turned his back. He's been playing incredible, and it also reminds with that save on Martian. Yep, and it reminds me of the that was a twenty thirteen. I want to say. LA Kings team my brother was saying this to me I was like you got a good point um the run that he's taking reminds you of quick and Tim Thomas those guys who don't play like 
the cleanest goaltender, but they make those crazy flashy saves. They're going all out athletic. And uh, this team is pretty similar to those Kings teams that were winning cups back then. You have that top end talent at the beginning of the roster. You have the depth who can win um, with the stalls. And then you have strong secondary scoring all throughout the lineup and a good defensive core. So they're not going to be an easy out for whoever makes that West. I agree. I'm so glad, Jesse. I'm so glad we took that the win the West, not to win the Cup, because we'd be getting ready to sweat out a Stanley Cup final. Totally agree. Got, totally agree. Uh, I mean, we would have got the a, hottest team. I know, this is but the we would have got. We've seen. I'd take a 13 to one future to the final and risk it, but I definitely would hedge because the Panthers would be underdogs in the series. When's the last in time we've situation. seen a team in the playoffs? Like, how many have they won of their last? So they won the last three in Boston because they were down three one. Then they won four to five, and now they've won three. So they've won ten of their last eleven playoff games. What a run! Yeah, playing pretty pretty good hockey. Um, putting South Florida on the map, talk, Panthers and Heat. Talk about talk about getting hot at the right time. This team had it. Let's in not let's not forget. Mackie, you I think you brought this up maybe uh last week or two weeks ago. They've been playing hot playoff hockey for how long now? Exactly. At this That's point, the main two thing mu- about two it. or They're three months. In. Two and a half months. This it, this is all because the Penguins lost to the Blackhawks on home ice. I don't need to hear <laughs> Thanks, that. Yenzers. Thanks, Yenzers. Thanks, <laughs> Yenzers. Bedard to Chicago. Uh Dubas out of Toronto. Well he's coming Boston here, so that's okay. first round. All because you guys love what a fucking butterfly effect. <laughs> what a joke they are up in Pittsburgh. All those fucking Stanley Cups they got are fraudulent means nothing. <laughs> those back to backs. Yeah. Imagine. Tough scene. Should have won in LA. We would have had two back to backs. Alright, good stuff there. I got another point out of this series. Four days ago, Matthew Kachuk set the Panthers franchise record for playoff points with eighteen. Good accomplishment for the youngsters. He leads the team on a miraculous run here. Hoping to finish out that series here tonight. Let's shoot it over to the West. The Vegas Golden Knights defending their home ice in games one and two. The Western Conference Finals defeating the Dallas Stars in overtime. Four to three in game one. Three to two in game two. Vegas Golden Knights tied the game two to two with two minutes and 22 seconds left in game two to force overtime. The Vegas Golden Knights currently lead the series three nothing. Game four tomorrow, Thursday. Where do we see this series ending up? Uh, I wanted to add, Jamie Benn is suspended from the Dallas Stars two games for his cross-check to the neck of Mark's, or Mark Stone's head. In a statement, he said that he was falling and happened to use his stick to brace his fall. Uh, I think that's a pretty lame excuse, but curious to hear what you guys he's think a, about that. Think about this series. What do you guys got? Go ahead, Mackie. He's a scumbag. There's no way that was accidental. <laughs> I appreciate the effort of trying to get your way out of it, but there's no way. That's a terrible um, effort. I, yeah, if you ask me. Yeah, I think that's not yeah. a good like good thing to say before your meeting. Like he and it was like this is paraphrasing, but he was like, "Sorry, I apologize for trying to use my stick as a fault or as a landing point." Like almost like, like almost like it's not his fault. Stone's head just so happened to be under his fucking stick. He probably said it like, "What the fuck you want me to do about it? I'm falling." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I see both sides of it, but like, no, re- no remorse whatsoever. I mean, I love Jamie Benn. That's, type, that's the type of hockey player he is. It's hard nosed hockey player, but you know, you got you got to get booked two games here. I, I agree with the. I yeah, agree with the, absolutely. With the oh, two games though in the playoffs. Come on, the series I never is over. Agree with, 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, over. It is. It, it, it is. Over. But they're just making sure that Jimmy Ben's out while it's over. Yeah, uh, it's like even if you guys can speak one out at home, you don't you're get not a playing in play Vegas again. game five. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like especially when they go back to if they happen to go to game five, we know what the Vegas is going to smack them at home, and you know it gets chippy there. It's like Jamie Ben. Like we know what you're going to do. We know your mo. Great hockey player, but. That's what you do. You got to spark the boys. You're pissed. You're losing because you've been in this spot. How many times I've said this on the podcast, how many times have the Dallas stars gotten so deep into the Western conference playoffs and failed to even reach the Stanley cup? Oh, it's dude. happened yet again. Yeah. I mean, year they got, year. they got there. What in 2020 in the bubble against the, or not in the yeah, bubble. The, what year did they no, get there against the was, lightning? That was Montreal. And Winnipeg it was the year the before bubble. the bubble or a year after the bubble. I can't remember. I don't, I don't really read. I don't really know, to be honest. They played Nashville? No, they played the Lightning. Yeah, the Pens beat Nashville. No, I'm saying, did they play Nashville in the... Uh... Oh, never mind. Wait, Stars made a cup? Yeah. Yeah. When? Like, tw- With this 2019? I'll fact check myself. I'll look no, that they up. didn't, because 2019 was Boston. 2021? Lightning? I'm looking at... Yeah, it has to be. Has to be twenty twenty one because the light they played the lightning. They won in 2019-2020. So the twenty twenty Stanley Cup. So the first one for the Lightning, is that right? Yeah, you are right. But that was that was Winnipeg versus Montreal. The twenty twenty the twenty twenty Stanley Cup finals, the Lightning won in six games. They beat the stars in six games. Max, they won three in a row, remember? Two in a row. But three in four years. Oh, three in four years. Yeah, you're right. They made four straight. Shit, I forgot they three PD him. Crazy. Yeah, we we tend to forget that as none of us are Lightning fans. Well, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's just another tough luck, and I'm surprised they're going out in in terrible fashion here. I mean, I thought they had a pretty good run, and I thought that the depth that the Dallas Stars team had would be good. But as we've said before, Vegas is due. I know they're a new team, but they know what it takes. They have Bruce Cassidy at the helm. Um, even with Aiden Hill, like he's standing on his head just because of their brand of hockey. And the people in front of him, I mean, that's such a wagon. Huff's been on it since he's been in Vegas. I think he got hammered. Someone put something in his drink and said, turn him into a trance and turn him into a Golden Knights fan. He's like, they look like the Penguins. I'll, I'll ride with it. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, he's got good value on it. And love that he's sitting on that um, Western Conference future with only one game to go. Yeah, I, I actually do think Dallas gets one. I, I It's tough with no Jamie Benn. I think on, on their home ice, I think... They will get a game. I think you're not going to get anything similar to that uh, game three performance out of Ottinger. I think he has a big home performance here. And I like the stars to at least force game five. And then, like you said, I think Vegas um, has their way with them in game five. See, but here's the thing. Ottinger's been off the entire playoffs. This is very unlike him recently. But I can, dude, He something's in his head right now. There's something going on with him that he's not playing good hockey. Um, I can see a scenario where they come back the same exact way. And Ottinger gets lit up. I could see it. And they were probably not. The leash is probably really tight, too. That's um, why Wedgwood, I. Wedgwood came in and played pretty well, I think. He gave a, They lost 4 nothing. He gave one goal. Obviously, the game's a little less, more conservative after it's 3 nothing. But, um, you know, he's a goal you could probably trust. Do you think. I, I agree with you. I was saying that last night. I was out watching the game. Um, I saw some of that while I was watching Celtics. But um, what was I going to say? Going to Wedgwood, you think that's why they turned to him so early? They know that we all know they're going with Ottinger in game four with their backs against the wall. But do you think it kind of shows he's battling demons of some sorts to pull him that early? I know three nothing, three uh, and six quick. shots. 
Yeah, yeah but still, I think it's... it was three on five. Yeah. When I you mean, put in Wedgewood, you're waving the white flag, in my opinion. No, no, I don't think so. I, I think, agree. I, dude, I thought there's been that many too. Situ- there's been many situations where pulling a goalie, putting a new goalie, and just changes the momentum of the entire bench. I mean, yeah. I mean, they they also know they have to play better in front of Wedgewood typically than they do in front no. of Ottinger. So, you know, that can that can bring a little bit of a boost. Um, yeah, I, I agree. He's just trying to find something to mix it up, change the speed. But I just, I don't know. That's such a big drop off. I think Wedgwood's not even like a valid backup. A lot of these teams, like, just in my a, opinion, he's not a better backup in the league. I don't think. But I don't do it. If Otter's playing like this, I mean, it's, it's been pretty consistent. It's not like it's a one time thing. So, um, you got to figure something out. Backs against the walls. Um, you can't just roll over and just go with him because he's been your stud the entire year. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And plus, honestly, what has he won? You know? Um, but let's flip it back to the Vegas Golden Knights he's for a young. second. Yeah, no, I agree. But he's he's lost these big games time no, and time I was going to say, that's I, th- I wasn't looking at I, I didn't think you meant that in terms of, like, hardware. I mean, obviously, a Stanley Cup, he has been there. But I don't know. I, I, I think... I think you go. I, I think, think he has Stanley a big game Cup. in game four. I think he definitely bounces think, back. I don't think that Stanley Cup was him, dude. Are you sure? No, that was Anton Kadobin. Was that Kadobin yeah, still? Because that was yeah. that was the year that that was like Google. the second year in his league, and I know he sat. He, he was in um the AHL for a year or two. So yeah, you're right. No, but I was I was talking about that Vegas Golden Knights team. I know it's pretty easy to pinpoint with the Panthers their success. It stems from Kachuk and Bobrovsky. This Vegas Golden Knights team is a whole different story. Maybe that's why they're so successful, because we know hockey is a team game, and they've been getting contributions all throughout the lineup. Yeah, they have the mainstays of Marsha Sol and Carlson um, doing the work. Jack Eichel, obviously, big name. Everybody loves that. But they're getting contributions from everybody. Chandler Stevenson, um, all throughout the lineup. Aiden Hill, whatever goaltender they turn to. Uh, the depth on the back end. I mean, who do you, who's your guys' pick for the Conn Smythe on, on, on this team? So far, you can't rule out Jack Eichel. He's I, I think he has 16 points in 13 games, uh, seven goals. Obviously, like one of the biggest uh, pickups that they that they've needed over the past to get over the hump the past few years. Um, I right now he's my pick for if if Vegas does win, does win the, uh, the cup. I but agree. I think 100%. that I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough because Aiden Hill is gonna have to stand on his head seven games in straight the finals if they want to win this if they want to win everything. So, um, and up to this point, Aiden Hill has stood on his head. He stole a few games from from the Oilers. Um, obviously, he hasn't had to do. I mean, he's had to do some work, but he's been able to work with some leads in this Dallas series. His Dallas has played pretty bad, but um, you can't rule out the goalie in, in for either of these teams. <clears throat> Both goalies definitely have a have a shot at the consmite. Let me run through some odds here real quick. Sergey Bobrovsky coming in the lead at plus two hundred. Jack Eichel behind him plus three seventy five. Mark Stone plus five fifty. Matthew Kachuk plus 550, Jonathan Marcheseau plus 1,400, Aiden Hill plus 1,600, and Chandler Stevenson at plus 2,000. Jack Eichel plus 375, that's that's my pick out of those. You want to know what's crazy, though? That Aiden Hill at plus 1,600 jumps right out at me. It if does, If they go yeah. into the Stanley Cup with your starting goaltender at plus 1,600, that's crazy odds. Especially if you think, think that, if you think Vegas is going to win... No, if well, the, if you think the Panthers have a better team, I mean, you're gonna need a goalie to stand on his head and steal a few games. Plus sixteen hundred, that's crazy for the projected starting goalie. Now, one thing that creeps into my mind a bit is, do some of these other goalies get healthy and they get a look, especially if they lose a game? But the thing is, if you're riding high and they go on the sweep or go four one, 
in the Western Conference Finals, Aiden Hill has earned the right to, to take the, the crease going into the finals too. So, I mean, I might just throw on it for that odds now that Jesse said that I want to go do it myself. That's crazy. I, I I'm st- I do th- I see what you're saying with with Hill. I think I think like Mackie said, I think Ike will be in the piece, kind of the missing piece that Vegas didn't have these past couple of years and. Uh, I think I think he's the reason they're going to get the job done. I do. I mean, I think he's a part, a huge part of the reason why they're there. Mackie said he has all the points in the playoffs, and I think plus three seventy five on the best player going into or the best player on the team going into the finals is crazy value. And obviously Bobrovsky plus two hundred, but you got to think they got to win the cup for you know what I mean. When's the last time we, did they even do that in the NHL? Can a loser win the Smythe? It's only happened <laughs> no. a couple times in history. No way it happens. Yeah, it's happened with the oh, goaltender only. Did Jagir win it when he lost, maybe? I gotta check. Lundqvist should have won it in 2014. But, just on my point, um, throughout our lifetime, how many times has a goaltender not won the Conn Smythe? So, you might as well just throw on both goaltenders and have a good odds. But all, I do like Eichel um, in the way he's been playing. All three like p- all three Penguins uh, Stanley Cups in my life have not been a goalie. Have they? Malkin in 09. Sid. Who got it in seventeen? I'd have to look that up. I know the. I know a. I don't think a Penguins goalie's ever won it. Uh, yeah, definitely not a Penguins goalie. Like Flurry's never got it. I'll look it up. Um, well, he only has one. Murray has two. Uh, it's only happened once, and it's the last time the Philadelphia Flyers. Sorry, Philly fans, if you're listening. Some more bad news for you. The last time the Flyers won the Stanley Cup, and or no, they didn't win the Stanley Cup. They lost because the Flyers, and this is the only stat. But the only time a loser has won the Conn Smythe was Reggie Leach in 1976 when he had the most goals in the playoffs with 19 um, and lost to the finals. They got swept by the Canadians. Crazy. But I I like the value on on Hill for sure. Definitely a good value play if you're looking into that 10 to win 160. Yeah, Sid, uh, just back to what I was saying, Sid won back-to-back cups in 16-17 and back-to-back Conn Smythe. Not a big. Well, he's he's like best player, one of the best players ever. Yeah, that's 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 different. And like his continued run, like we're talking about Eichel too. He's gonna have to do a lot more because think about how much Crosby did in the finals. He did more than what he did on the whole run. Oh yeah, in the finals. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, it'll be interesting to big watch. Game, um, big game players. That's why. That's why you know what I mean. Who comes out when the lights are the brightest? Yeah, definitely. But it'll be. Uh, Fun to watch. I, I'm excited to see a Vegas-Florida potential matchup. I do think that those guys like Gudis could slow down Eichel and Marshall and Carlson a bit, but maybe that depth and Bruce Cassidy can grab one. Cassidy and Maurice both have lost a Stanley Cup final. I mean, they'll be facing off to get their first, so it'll be interesting to see a lot of firsts on both sides. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're gearing up for a pretty good cup final after we saw these big teams go down and Edmonton, and uh, I mean, I never had a pick on them, but uh, after, after Toronto gets to the second round, a lot of people were picking them to get there, and all these big names in the league just kind of kept dropping. And I'm I'm excited for obviously Vegas and Florida both up three nothing. That's, I mean, I I think it's pretty safe to say that's going to be our pick uh, or the 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 final. But it's happened four times in the NHL before. I do not think it's going to happen at this point. I like I like that to be our final matchup, and I think I'm excited for that matchup. I think it is going to be really good hockey. For sure, two teams firing on all cylinders. Yeah, absolutely. Two teams with a pretty good, pretty big home ice advantage, and obviously Vegas's advantages. I mean, that's one of the, in my opinion, best home ice advantages in the NHL right now. And uh, but Florida, every time I watch one of their games, 
during the regular season, there's no one in the stands, and then in the playoffs, this place looks like electric. So, um, I mean, when your team they've been they've been road warriors throughout the playoffs. They've been a, a elite on the road. Yeah, I was gonna say, and uh, but like in the in these games, I mean, they look electric. I mean, but when your team's an eight seed playing like this, I mean, you have a good reason to. I think they only lost one road game all playoffs so far. I was going to say the two best road teams in the playoffs left are Vegas and Florida. Yeah, just the two best teams overall. Just For dominated. a good reason. You got to be able to win on the road. When's the last time we saw any conference finals this dominant? Oh, I can not tell you. It's a very in my good last question. Time. The, I, remember the Bru- I remember the Bruins swept the Penguins at one point. In a conference that wasn't final. in a conference finals, though, I don't think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the year you guys won the cup, I thought. No. Was it? But did we sweep you in the conference finals? Yeah, oh, I think I you did. Think I'll look at it. But yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. I, I can't recall another... I mean, sweeps aren't that often in the NHL. It's so hard to win four games in a row in the NHL. But, I mean, like I said, I think Vegas wins this series in five games. Uh, and I, th- I like Florida to bring the brooms out tonight. Yeah, the fa- just to fact check it, we swept you in the finals in 2013 when we lost to the Blackhawks. Okay. I knew, so, I knew it was yeah. an Eastern Conference Finals. But yeah, but both sides to be this uh, tilted craziness. And in the NBA, too. We're about to get into that. It's fucking... We're just seeing all these crazy leads, like... I want to see one fucking seven-game series. Oh. Don't even get going there. We'll Don't get into it. Don't hold your horses. Yeah, we'll hold get into horses. it. Okay, we'll get into it. Fucking calm down. I got another point here in the NHL real quick. <laughs> These conference finals are finishing up. Do you touch the conference finals trophy if you're Vegas or Florida or whoever happens to win? What do you guys think? Who do you no. think? No. <sighs> Huff, I'm kind of blanking. No. What have the Penguins done? They don't, they don't touch it. I'm going to look this up. Or they do touch it. There's no way Sidney Crosby touched that trophy before going to the finals. I'll tell you that. I feel like there's only certain teams that do it. I think you're right. I can't remember. I'm totally blanking. I feel like Canadian teams like to touch it, hence why they don't win Stanley Cups. But as I'm too superstitious about everything, I wouldn't, in baseball, I wouldn't step on a foul line. In hockey, I'm not touching that trophy. So, What's um, it look like in the NHL? Is this it? I think it's a picture of Sid Malkin and Sid Malkin holding it. Yeah, but what year? Look at the first time they won a cup. Um, hold on, let me see the trophy. Mackie, would you? Some team. Here's literally an article about it involving the Penguins. Some teams that win the Eastern Conference consider it to be bad luck to touch the Prince of Wales trophy. Sidney Crosby is clearly not suspicious as he skates it around the ice in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Wow. And then Love goes that. on to win back to back cups and back to back cons mice. I'm I'll skate it around. I'll, I'll follow what Sid does. I'm cool with that. I was gonna say touch it because like if you don't win the cup, I'm gonna low key be pissed that you didn't enjoy that. Especially if you're on your home ice. No, nah, I'm about superstition too. I probably wouldn't touch it. Not everyone's mm-hmm. Sidney Crosby, so Mackie, um, especially as a goalie, you are not touching that. No, Only bad things can come from nowhere that. Nowhere near it. I'm not even near it. Get it, get it on the other side of the picture for me. I just don't want another curse off. Like you talk about the president's trophy curse, just any any possibility of any curse going into the Stanley Cup, I'm all set with it. 
Alrighty, I got another point in the NHL. Former Toronto Maple Leafs general manager Kyle Dubas reportedly met with the Penguins captain Sidney Crosby at a Penguins practice facility after the team was granted permission to speak with him in their GM search. Huff, what does this mean for the Penguins? Does this, you know, is, is he the answer? Uh, I would like this move for the Penguins. Obviously, this has been in the in the rumor mill for the past couple of weeks in the Pittsburgh sports media since um, we fired our GM. They kind of were looking at that. Everyone kind of knew if, uh, if Toronto didn't go the whole way this year, if this wasn't the year. I mean, we obviously saw them win in the first round, but there was rumblings of Dubas to Pittsburgh for the past couple of weeks. And we heard, obviously, you just said it meeting today in Pittsburgh. And uh, I'd like the Penguins to bring this uh, the pen to the paper here and get him to as the GM. Uh, the Penguins. I, I really like what he did in that Toronto team with that Toronto team, but that team's just cursed. So uh, I think that it was bigger than him there. But I'd really, I'd be really excited if we get him as the general manager here. I don't know about you. I'd love the move, honestly. I mean, he's a he's young, he's good, he's he's there, he's relevant. I don't know. I think he's better than Ron Hextall, better than some of the other guys that we've had recently for sure. So. Definitely a step in the right direction for the Pens, hopefully. We'll see what happens there. I, I just want to give a take on that, uh, bringing Dubas into Pittsburgh. I really do like that move. Um, for a team that seems to be kind of slow to adopting the new NHL, I know that it's tough to part ways with those veterans, and they just ink those dinosaurs a bit longer. I like to make fun of it, but how do you not? Um, I think that's good to bring in a younger guy like that. And really, what did he do wrong? Um, it, that'd be like canning Don Sweeney from the Bruins because they lost in the first round. Like, he built a great team. He built a championship-caliber roster. He, they put up a career year. I know it may not be the best, but one of the best seasons in a while, at least, for the Maple Leafs. They got past the first round. Um, he's gotten so many, done the right things everywhere. I think that um, the, this Penguins team that was pretty stagnant at the deadline this year and years past... Um, could benefit from bringing a guy like this and uh maybe get them back to the postseason yeah i definitely would look forward to this if we bring him in for sure all right let's move over to the nba first point i have here is the denver nuggets complete the 4-0 sweep of the los angeles lakers to clinch their spot in the 2023 nba finals this will be the first time that denver will play in an nba finals in their franchise history so huge feat for them um, LeBron James in his post pre- post game press conference said that he's unsure if he will be with the Lakers when the 2023-2024 season starts in the fall and retirement is in consideration. Curious to hear what you guys think about this series. The Nuggets just taking down the Lakers with good easy fashion. LeBron talking about retiring. What do you guys got for us? Um yeah, so I'll start us here. This was my Western Conference Finals pick in the NBA. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, one of the, if not the best player that we've seen in the past couple of years in the NBA. Uh, I think this year he's going to get it done. He gets a, the sweep of LeBron and the Lakers. And I love LeBron, but we all know that retirement talk is bullshit. And that's just so the conversation is. So we're sitting here right now uh, talking about LeBron not retiring and, you know, what it means if he does retire instead of us talking about LeBron getting swept in the Western Conference Finals. Um, that's just, I, I think that's him covering up his ass, but we all know LeBron's coming back, but major props to the Nuggets. I, I thought this was the best team in the NBA coming into the playoffs and, uh, Jokic is really showing what he's capable of. He's like minus 400 to be the finals MVP. So 
Uh, that what the what this guy has done throughout these NBA playoffs is just insane. Averaging a triple double in these playoffs, it's crazy. So what he's doing every night, the jump shot he hit over Anthony Davis in Game Four, uh, the one foot three that was insane. He's just so fucking good and so fun to watch. He does it all at all aspects of the game and from all points of the floor. So um, I, I like the Nuggets to to win the whole thing, but to, the fact to get out of this series and sweep them and I don't know. The Lakers just, they couldn't play defense throughout parts of the series. They couldn't contain Jokic and Murray. They had their way in the series, and uh, that's why we saw a 4-0 sweep. Yeah, Huff, uh, obviously you picked this a while ago, and I was not very high on them, especially towards the end of the season. But um, Jokic, I mean, best player in the world he's been for the past four years. Um, Nobody can deny that, in my opinion. I think he should have won MVP again this year. But uh, he, he's he's going to get a ring this year. I was going to say, fuck the MVP. He wants to get him the ring. You yeah, know what I mean? He's going to get that ring this year, especially if he's playing the Heat, um, which is looking like it. Um, not easy to beat Jimmy Butler. But, I mean, when you're the best player in the world, we saw it four games in a row. You just swept LeBron James. First time LeBron's ever been swept. Oh, no, he got swept in the finals to, to Steph. But um, to sweep this team after all the, all the uh, momentum that they had going into this series, just beating Steph Curry in uh, six games, I really I thought the Lakers were going to come out on top of this series, and Jokic actually just shut everyone up. He said, "I'm the best player in the world." He and now he's playing, uh, getting ready to play in the NBA Finals in two weeks. And, uh, nobody else deserves it more than this guy. Did you hear that thing? The quote from LeBron. He said, "Him and AD were talking in the locker room." LeBron said that was the best team that him and Anthony Davis have ever played in the playoffs. Like as a duo. Yeah. Yeah, I well. I mean, I 100% agree, how, obviously. I, I, easily, yeah. I mean, those role players outside, even outside of Jokic and, uh, and Jamal Murray. Um, and, a guy that had, and a guy that had a crazy good series that was a Lakers, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, and like just a defensive think, D and three guard. He, he was huge in this series, I thought. Um, and coming over from the Lakers, that hurts, obviously, if you're a Laker fan, to see him torch you in the conference finals like that. Obviously, not torch you. Obviously, Jokic was the main problem, but... You want to talk role players? I thought he was a big part of the series. I think he took it a little personal, especially um, since LeBron shipped him off in the or at the trade deadline. Um, but you know, you go to a be- you go to a better team, and you you um, you're playing with Nikola Jokic, so you get the open threes a lot. And if you knock him down, you knock him down. And that's what they were doing. Um, so, yeah, I got I got a few points on this series. Um, first off, you guys keep referring to this guy LeBron. I think it's a little washed now. Uh, hit the retirement home. You suck. No, I'm just kidding. It's not going but, um, anywhere. <laughs> moving, it's moving the Boston on. and you speaking. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see LeBron crying. Come on. But uh, he can have more Taco Tuesdays with his family. Maybe get to watch the real James play. Bronny carry on the namesake better than he did. Um, not lose as many finals. Uh, the list goes on. But Contavious Cobble Pope, uh, good, good take on that, Huff. I agree. He has been a nice little uh, unexpected piece to step up. And he had kind of a weird path to get to this Nuggets team. If you remember when he was uh, dealt from the Lakers, went to the Wizards. I don't know if he had another stop on the way to Denver, but really fitting into that role very well. Um, flying under the radar with guys like Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic carrying the way. Um, I think having Michael Porter Jr. healthy is such a key to this team. Um, the depth they have around them, this is a championship caliber roster. I mean, when has Jokic played with both of his uh, two sidekicks really healthy? I mean, it's nice to see. Uh, I think that that Lakers team really just ran out of gas and they weren't as good as we thought. It was pieced together well, 
But uh, I was definitely surprised to see them get swept, though. I was on them a couple times. Um, just believed in that LeBron legacy a bit more. Believed in Anthony Davis. But uh, this this Denver team's on a mission. Like you said, what's better than getting three straight MVPs? Maybe getting your first ring. So um, definitely has a great chance. Uh, unsure of who will play. Like that Mackie dubbed the, the Heat to already be there. When he dubbed the Knicks and Sixers to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, he was wrong. But that's all right. Um, we'll get into that series soon enough. But Jokic being is down one of the best players little, in the world. Being down 3 0 is a little different than Knicks, calling a Knicks and Sixers series before it even the series even start. But we can just uh, we can, we can just <laughs> forget about that. Don't let them get one. Don't let them get one. Yeah, they got one. Um, yeah, yeah well, it's it's not a bad spot to be in down 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's better than sitting on the couch and watching like those Knicks are. I mean, we're we're, we're sitting, we're both sitting on the couch and watching, so <laughs> we're both in the same situation. <laughs> no, I'm standing up because I'm still locked into the game. My team, my horse is still in the race. Just keep celebrating while you can. You got about 26 hours left. <laughs> I think that's a good segue to get into the next game here, Jesse, if you want to introduce. Yeah, we definitely have a line Celtics. on this game. Let's talk the line. I think it's Celtics minus eight in game five. I'll pull that up here as I'm as I'm talking about the game. So game five, the series between the Celtics and the Miami Heat is happening tomorrow evening, Thursday. The Heat lead the series three to one. Game six Saturday, if needed. The line on this game is Miami or sorry, Boston Celtics minus seven and a half. Their money line sitting at minus three hundred. Miami Heat money line plus two forty. The over under sitting at two fifteen and a half. What do you guys think about this? Mackie, let's hear it. Um. Yeah, I, I do. I do think Miami closes this out. But I, I was just talking before. Um, I this is obviously going to be a very good game. Uh, going to be hard to go in and beat Boston three times in their own stadium. But like I said earlier, Boston isn't the best team at defending home court. But they usually, usually they get the wins on the road. But um, going down three nothing is very tough. So I could see Boston winning this game, going back to Miami for a game six in a must win situation for Miami. But um. Uh, I, I, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Eric, especially Eric Spolster. Eric Spolster is not going to let um, a team come to, come back from three zero and uh, and sweep them. He's got a little smirk on his face, but um, I don't yeah, know. I'm happy Boston. to hear you say that the Celtics are uh, going to win this one at home because that's all you got to do is take it one game at a time, I, Mackie. I did not say. I, I literally just said I think the Heat are going to win. I just said I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics pull this out. Seven and a half point favorites, unbelievable. I'm definitely going to be hopping on plus seven and a half. Um, probably not going to take the money line just because I'm, I don't want to double down Because you on think it, the Celtics are going to win? Well, they're a two seed. They should be up 3-1 on an eight seed. Yeah, but no, they're down 3-1. to one, So, um, What do you think about game five, year. though? What do you think about game five? Like, right now, I, where are you leaning? He just said he thinks the Heat win. I think Miami Heat closed it out. I think Jimmy <laughs> Butler finds a way to get it done. Then why wouldn't you throw on the money line? Because I'm taking the plus 7.5. I don't want to double down. I think there's way more value in the plus 7.5. I thought it was you that said in the NBA playoffs you want to hammer that money line of those dogs. It's really been covering. Might as well. He yeah, wants you to take right, it so bad right. here. So. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> no, I don't Sorry, want you to because I don't want you to lose your money. Um, what's crazy to me is we were talking about these, the Celtics team. They were down 3-2 against the Sixers before. And you know what's crazy to me is they play their best basketball when their backs are against the door. I mean... It's like they actually awoke a beast by going down 3-0. It's, it's pretty the crazy ba- to me. Um, the the backs are kind of through the door at this point, no? <laughs> no, that'd be if they were, if they were out and watching like LeBron. Um, um, they, they, didn't, they didn't lose that fourth one yet. 
Uh, I forget who said that quote, but uh, it takes four. All you got to do is win four. And uh, they still have that opportunity. You have to win four before the other team does. Um, they got to take it one game at a time, though. Such a crucial matchup here. And Jason Tatum, what a terrible start to the series. But when does he show up? When it matters. We saw it in game seven against the Sixers. We saw it in game four against the Heat here. He put up over 30. Again, best player on the what? court. Night in and what night out. What about game six in that elimination game that his team carried him on? Yeah, it's nice to see. That speaks volumes to that Celtics team. They have guys like Jalen Brown. They have guys like Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, Al Horford. They've been in these situations. 3-0, one of the toughest things to do of all time. But I, I really, I, I jumped on it plus 650. You know what the odds were today when I checked? Plus 250. That's crazy. I saw 210. I mean, what's crazy is plus 650 being down three to nothing. Uh, Lakers are like plus thirteen hundred, but um, obviously they're a two seed. Lesser AC, opponent they're though. Gonna, they're gonna, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I definitely think if you if you're sitting at where you're you're looking right now, I know that when it was three zero, you had to win four in a row. But where are we today? You only have to win three in a row. I've seen the Celtics team do it time in and time out throughout the year. Um, I know it's a different game, but every inch is gonna be fought for. Every point's gonna be so important. But I think when it comes down to that nitty gritty and it's backs against the wall playing the best basketball and everything matters, I'll take the more talented roster every time. Give me Jason Tatum and co. instead of Jimmy Butler and co. Because when you go down the line, the Celtics stack up much better. You 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 do still have to win four in a row, but um, but yeah, I I think Jalen Jalen Brown needs to step up big time. I I think they they squeaked one out last game. There it was a little bit of a scare. But um, Jason Tatum had a hell of a third quarter, and they pulled away. But Jalen Brown does not look good at all. Um, no three ball whatsoever. He hit one, and he like praised the Lord. Didn't hit another one after that. You can um, tell it's in his head. It's it's at the free throw line too, which is time. killing him. The Celtics have been awful at the free throw line, especially in the first half. Um, I think Jalen Brown really needs to put that mask back on his face and uh, get a super get that back. I was gonna say bring up bring out Batman back, and I don't know he when he doesn't have the ball, he just doesn't move around. It just looks. I don't know. He doesn't look like himself this series. Yeah, it's definitely in his head. And, but the good thing is, I mean, maybe not a good thing if you're riding momentum and whatnot, but they just won that last game, which was massive. It's massive to get out of there because I thought, I said it all, if the Celtics are going to do this, right, if they're going to come back, the toughest game I thought was going to be game four in Miami. Um, and what's crazy is the Celtics didn't even play good basketball and they still beat the Heat by double digits. They've yet to play their best basketball. Is it going to show up? I think so. I hope so. You got to hope that Tatum, after putting up 34, can kind of find a stride. Because at, at a point, he kind of took over that game, which was nice to see. Um, we saw Joe Mazzulla actually using his timeouts. He found out he had them to stop those heat runs. That's that's important because he didn't he didn't before. But obviously, it's gonna it's a tall order, tall tall order. Every game, every every quarter, so important. But um, yeah, I, I like the defense they played. It showed me that the Celtics can really lock down and completely shut down this Heat team when they need to. It just sucks that they have to get to this moment where they they could lose a game and uh, be out for them to play better basketball. Yeah, I, I do think that the Celtics win game five. I think if the Heat are going to win this series, it, it is going to be game six uh, in Miami. But I, I like the Celtics in game five. I think eight points is a lot. Uh, I don't know if I'll be taking the Celtics minus eight. I really wish it was another series going on because I'd just tease it with the game the next night. But uh, I do like the Celtics to win game five. And then uh, game six is going to be very interesting what Miami does. But uh, not really sure where which way I'd go there if I think the Celtics would force seven or if I like the Heat to wrap it up in six. But 
I like this series to at least go six, and uh, I'll take the Celtics tomorrow night. Huff, you know what's crazy? How quickly has your narrative changed at three games? Do you remember before game one last week we met before this podcast? You were looking at an alternate spread minus 11 and a half. Yeah, I, I thought think they were that team smoke is them. still... And nothing happened to that team. They just had three letdown games, right? And they were, some of them were close, too. I still think that that team's in there. And if they both play to their full potential, it's asking a lot. But if they do, then the Celtics should be able to handle them. I, I think you're really underestimating this Heat team. I mean, they're really good. No, Jimmy Butler is one of the best players. I'm not. I'm not. Time. I'm not underestimating. Uh, no, them. I, I, I just agree. Like this no, game. I agree. I feel like Dude, people are just at- forgetting about how good the Celtics actually are, though. I I don't really think so, but I think Miami matches up well. I think Bam Adebayo out, outperforms Al Horford day in day out. I think Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, these guys are stepping up, hitting threes. They're they're shooting like fifty percent from three in these games, which, which is, is crazy, which is I mean. abnormal. Like I don't think that but, trend keeps but it's up. Not, but. But it's not like it's not one game. It's like game after game after game. These guys are stepping up, and uh, I, I I don't think there's an answer to beat that four times in a row. That's what I'm saying. I think if it if it's if it's a three one or three two, I, I don't know. What you just said winning, though, like I would rely on, I would rely on the top end talent that the Celtics have to be more consistent in the final crucial games than relying on those no name guys to shoot at elite levels, Hall of Fame levels. I, I disagree. I think you ride with the hot hand. Hmm. Uh, they went cold last night, so they'll have to catch fire again. They didn't even really go cold. Jason Tatum's had an incredible third quarter. They put up less than 90 points, no? No, I don't think so. I think they, put up they 90, didn't reach 90, triple dodges. 96. Yeah, it was like 96. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's normal in an NBA game. I mean, especially a postseason game. We've said it throughout this playoffs, though, obviously up until this point, but in the previous podcast throughout the NBA playoffs, to beat the Celtics team, you have to put up over 120 points. And that's what the Heat were doing in the first few games. I don't I don't really know if they can do that again. You know what's tough, though? Like, Mackie, obviously you're right. It's it's a tough spot for these Celtics. Like, they really shot themselves in the foot so badly. It's like, now you have to be perfect and hope that the Heat don't just pull one out. Because that's all they have to do is pull out one game. One, yeah, they have to pull one. They have Nine. to pull what really? Dude, a, in the NBA, they have to pull one one quarter, one half out of their ass, and they could win this series. And the NBA, you know the game doesn't you know start till the third quarter. And because of how well coached this Heat team is, too, they can do it with less time than a normal team can. And with Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra and the depth they have and the minutes they play because they're so rested and, and whatnot. But if I'm just looking at this at a game-by-game basis, which I'm going to do the rest of the way, I like the Celtics every night. Last night, everybody, all of us included, saw Celtics at plus value. We're like, are you kidding me? How are the Celtics underdogs I in a given it. game? I also had the Heat in game three. I've been good on this series. Other than game one, I've been good on this series. Yeah, no, but like I'm saying, like, do you think the Celtics even get disrespected to be underdogs in a game going into a singular game again? I think game six game six, minus one and game a half. Six, I, think it's just I was going to say, it'd be a pick on game six. It'd be close. Who's the Miami, favorite? Miami was minus one and a half in game four. I think game six, Celtics would be minus one and a half. But uh, again, I'm taking the underdog there, 100%. Yeah, I, I just I'm, I'm gonna look at I know series tall order three in a row four in a row whatever the hell you want to which way you want to look at it now um, look at it on a singular game basis that's what the Celtics have to do it's what Joe Missoula is probably telling his team uh, we just have to win every inch now right so I'm gonna take the Celtics next game and then we're gonna go from there so let's go it's good let's make a series out of it I've been saying it all along and everybody's been doubting me you should hear the Celtics talk back here oh my God going into last night. If you, you guys watched that game last night, or were you watching Vegas? 
I watched it. I watched Celtics. I had money. I'm did you watch this? Did you did you like turn it on right away? Like caught the start? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, remember when they were down in the first quarter? Like they were probably down almost double sick. digits. Oh I was almost. God, I was should. so ready to text you guys before halftime. Be like, I I don't know why I bet on this fucking team. They're about to get fucking swept. That yeah. In the second quarter, they started to pull, uh, make it close, and then they took that. Uh, it was a close game, down like six at the half, which is fine. Two, yeah, two Marcus Smart game. missed that three at half. I was like, that three. Oh, is gonna- you should no, you should. That's what's great, Hoff. Is like you hear the way I'm talking, you would think that like, oh, he's like the voice of Boston from our podcast. Like, no, Boston's not like this. A lot of fans are so skeptical, throwing in the towel, like hating on Jason Tatum. I'm like, boys. But no, just to close out the Celtics talk here, I mean, I, I think that they're going to make it a series. So I know that a lot of people are naysaying it, but I'm happy I jumped on it plus 650 because I'm not going to get anything close to that value the rest of the way. Like I said, I don't. I, I like the Celtics in game five. I don't, I don't love the points. I'll find a way. If I like a baseball team enough, I'll probably make a little two-legger out of it. Might just sit this game out. Like I said, if there's another NBA game, I'd totally tease this, like Celtics minus two. But I don't know. If I, I'll try to find like an MLB game that I like and make a little two-legger out of it because what are the Celtics money line did you say there? I mean, they're a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Do you still have that pulled yeah, up? Yeah, it was like minus, minus 300, something around there. Minus 240-ish, something like that. No, it was minus 300, I think. I'd, I told I'd you plus. last night, plus 650. I'm telling you today, plus 250. Dude, that Get is Get in while good. you can. Get in. That is... That is While such you terrible can. value. Even if you like them, you can't take them down three to one at plus two fifty. But I took them down three nothing at plus six fifty. That is terrible value. That is such. That is terrible value. Mackie, when it's going to game seven, and the I'm not actually. I don't even need to say that. You are. When we're going to game five tomorrow night. I'm gonna take a game the game because when it's going to game seven, we're going to tomorrow night. In their minus 300, just remember, when they win, who's sitting with plus 650? Listen, if you're, if you, if you I'll, I'll be happy for you if you're sitting at plus 650 in, in a game seven when they're minus 300, but I, 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 being down three to nothing, plus 650 is nowhere I near. need plus a thousand down three, fi- that, it's, Mac, it's Mac, never well, been this done. Su- this doesn't surprise me though, with that, with that New York Cowboys mindset, he's got, he thought the that series was over. That doesn't even make any he sense. Thought- value, sports betting value is value. You're down three to nothing. It doesn't matter if you're MJ and the Bulls. You don't fucking take plus 650 that three, down three nothing. What would the odds, you're Mac- so high on this right now because it's three to one in the series and they won one game. But guess what? If they lose one of their next three games, Jimmy Butler has one good game and you're not going to be very confident about that plus 650. Mackie, what, you know, what, what odds just- would you have wanted it to be? At least, at, at least plus a thousand. At least you're down three to nothing. You have to win four games in a row in the Eastern Conference Finals against. This is a playing the, the team. Against this probably is a the playing best team. Coach, a, a, a playing team that went three games in a row against you guys, two in Boston. This I mean, playing team lost losing. their first I, playing game. I I appreciate I I appreciate the effort of being such a fan, but this is just astronomical. I mean, it it it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, it doesn't. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I was just happy I got that. The real value that I was very happy to hit was last night on the money line because we're not going to see that again. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a great series the rest of the way. I'm I'm excited for it. 
Um, I just remember when Mac, you, what I was saying about the New York Dallas mindset was you thought when we were down three to two against the Sixers, you thought it was done. Let's pull up the clip. I said it before. I love pulling up those clips about the the that right there. Um, you thought it was done. No chance. Tatum's horrible. He drops the most ever in a game seven. And here we are talking about the Celtics again for another week in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm hoping they can get the job done so we can do it again next week. But all I know is next game, they're going to win that one. Minus 300. Steep line, but they're going to hit that. I like your plus seven and a half play, though. I think it's a sweat. It's going to be a sweat throw. I'm going to go back and find some of those Bruins clips of yours. <laughs> hey, hey, I talked to find every single one. And I said the, the playoffs is a whole different season. <laughs> yeah yeah i was um, telling but, ace i was telling mac the other day i was like i'm low-key kind of like glad pittsburgh doesn't have a basketball team because like watching you two just chirp each other in the nba it's the one sport where i can just sit back and i have no team related fan base like i just i was telling Mackie, like i just kind of like root for like players and duos like i mean you know the teams and like the guys i root for like i don't really like i'm not a diehard fan of any team like i like the nuggets but mainly because i like Jokic. like it's not really i like the nuggets you know what i mean you get to follow the good basketball yeah i just kind of i'm Yoke- just kind of a bandwagon nba fan but like i root for the same superstars every year you know what he I roots mean? for he roots for the logo yeah so i just i'm a jerry the- west guy i just <laughs> <laughs> i just love to see the league scott huff, foster huff. fan probably <laughs> So just want to see some Jokic close games. Off. Would you say, Mackie? You, t- you take Jokic off the Nuggets. You're probably not a Nuggets fan, right? No, New I'm shot. not really even a Nuggets fan. Yeah. My, if I had to pick a fandom, it's probably the Lakers, and they just beat up on the team. But like I said, my take last week on that, or whenever the series started, I said, I love the Lakers. I love LeBron, but uh, I have the money on the Nuggets. That's been my take all year. I just got to go with it, and that was really the reason that I stuck with it. But um, I- I'd love to see LeBron going for a fifth ring right now. Like, that's... But... I mean, like I said, that was a win-win series for me. I either get to see Jokic go for his first or LeBron for his fifth. Honestly, yeah, I, just wanted to, I just wanted it for his legacy, to be honest. I wanted him to get that fifth ring. Shut I wanted to see Celtics-Lakers. Because Jokic will too, be back. Jokic will be back. But one thing, Honestly, though, I can say this, though, Mackie. It, it, obviously, it seems fandom-biased for me to stand on a hill that I think the Celtics have a valid chance of coming back. But I think it's more realistic to think of a game by game and the, the odds makers are making that way. But I can honestly tell you that if I was a Lakers fan and like I am and I was rooting against them to make a 3-0 comeback against the Nuggets, I, I wouldn't be sit- preaching this. I would be praying for a miracle. Like that's the difference. They're not playing world beaters. You know what I mean? They're just in a tough, tough spot against another pro team. They're playing the best yeah, I, overall team basketball team in the that was in the playoffs at any point the heat are playing the best team basketball that like i said i i think they're the only the most well coached team yeah easily spolster is the most underrated coach in the nba i know a lot of people like if you truly sat down and looked and like we all gave top three coaches the nba he'd probably be there for he all wouldn't. three of us what'd you oh. say He's two. I was going to say, he gets forgotten, but he is really good. I, I was going to say, if we sat down and really looked at the list of coaches, he 100% would be on my top three. But, like, I, d- I'm not, I don't really forget about him a lot because, like, he's always fucking there in the playoffs. So, I think, I don't he know. They're always deep. Exactly. Always deep in the playoffs. Exactly. No, but that's that's what I'm just saying. Like, you're not worried about, like, a, a Nikola Jokic or a, a, an all-star studded roster. Exactly. Or, um like Harden and Embiid, you know they're what just I mean? Play, like, th- that's the thing that scares me, though, about the Heat is they're playing really good just team basketball. So it's like at any given night, like Mackie said, these role players are playing really good. Like, I mean, you don't... Maybe that's uh, why last I just night, see the game... 
Last night, Jimmy Butler but, didn't play his best game. I think he only had like nine points in the first half at some point, and the, the Heat were winning the game. But it's just like if there's any sport where superstars can really take over and impose their will, I think that's basketball, and that's why. Absolutely. Well, I, I feel like my money's in good hands with Jason game. Tatum. It's the most ISO game that's like not a, Absolutely, like a single 100%. player game. I mean, yeah. You can't have a single person take over in the NHL because he's off the ice in 30 seconds. He yeah, scores yeah. a goal. But that's um, why I'm guy. that's why I'm so high on Tatum and Cup. Yeah, but the NBA is different now. It's not like it's not like what it used to be five years ago. Five years ago, two guys was enough. You need you need two stars and three three good role players and probably two good bench players nowadays to uh, make a run. But I think those two nothing Panthers. Done. That's huge. <laughs> Shit, I forgot it took God. Half fuck. Crazy. Who was it this time? I don't know. Lundell Kachuk. Oh. Let's go. Next thing in the NBA here is Carmella Anthony is officially retired from the league after 19 seasons. Out of all the teams Melo's played for, which was your guy's favorite? You know, he's had some great accomplishments. 19 seasons, 8 teams, 10 all-star appearances, NBA scoring title. 260 million plus in contract earnings, his own media company, a, so- a social justice champion award, and three Olympic gold medals just to top that list. What do you guys think about that? Anything? Uh, uh, Mackie, is Mello your favorite Nick player of all time? Yeah, probably just because when I started like paying attention to basketball, he was the face of New York. Um, so yeah, I when growing up I know I know the Knicks as being Carmelo Anthony. So uh definitely my favorite Nick. Um is obviously like Patrick Ewing, you have players like that, but I don't didn't watch him. I don't know. So um but getting into my favorite favorite mellow, um I could be biased and say New York, obviously it's too easy of an answer. But I'm gonna go Portland Mellow. I really like I loved him in Portland with Dave. He didn't. He didn't Cody even Mello? move. He sat in the corner of the entire game, calling for the ball, and he either swished it or he bricked it. It's my favorite mellow of all time. He's a lazy mellow, um, showing people that he could still come back in the league and hoop. I, I love that. The best mellow was Olympic mellow. That's, he, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I was waiting yeah. for you to say that. That's what I was gonna say. I didn't think either of you would, but that's my favorite. Is Team USA mellow? That's the only LeBron time he looked like Kobe he gave a shit, other than like KD. a normal Saturday afternoon at the Garden when he puts up sixty on the fucking Cavs, like on a normal game when the Knicks weren't that great back then. But the he Bob, has sixty-three the points. Yeah, yeah, it'd be on the Bobcat. <laughs> yeah, the Bobcats. The They're wearing the Bobcats. all orange jerseys, just ridiculous, <laughs> like Christmas Day uniforms. Remember when the Knicks used to play on Christmas, Mackie? The good old days yeah, when they had mellow. Amari, Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, they still play on Christmas. Do they? Yeah, every, every yeah, they year. Just I suck think. off, so you don't watch it. Yeah, they just no. They're beat. always the first game. I usually I well, I love the Christmas games. I usually yeah, watch you have to. I remember Mello on Christmas. Like I loved Mello. I never really watched him when he played for the Nuggets, but I was more just like I was pretty young back then. But I don't know Mello with the Knicks. I used to always use that Knicks team as a, on two K. That was my two K team. So Mello holds a special place in my heart. Olympic yeah, no, Mello though, Ace, he 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 was the man. <laughs> Team USA, he was he was one of those guys. He just turned it on in the red, white, and blue. Do you remember uh, all those highlight videos that they have, like when flip phones were a thing and stuff? LeBron and them at the yeah, gas the- station <laughs> Wendy's. Yeah, yeah they're all iconic. sitting there. They're like they're making the videos. Him, Dwight Howard, the banana or Hot- the, the whole banana boat crew, Chris Paul. 
mellow. Yep. Hot take though. Hot take though. That Team USA team was better than the Dream Team. I agree. I mean, obviously, we're this generation. Hot, hot take. So Dude, that was a good LeBron, team. Though. That was a good team. Kobe, Mello, Carmelo, Kevin Wade. Durant. Was Curry on that team? No, I, Dwayne yeah. Wade was. I, I I think they were easily, they definitely better. But I'm also like way more. Yeah, like we're I, the I young generation. We're, we're so, all going to say so that. Biased. We're, we're so, so biased. biased. Those it's are so the best bad. players I've ever watched play it's, basketball all on and one those team. Are the wa- the walking it's biased. it's biased, but like realistically, a role player today can go in and dominate in the 90s. It's just the evolution of the game. And like, I was listening to Charles Barkley on Spitting Chicklets, and they were talking about the dream team back then and like how big of a deal that was. And like, I'm, I don't know, that 2012 USA basketball team, that was electric. But I mean, obviously, I, I wasn't alive in 92 to experience the dream team with Jordan and what was going on back then. But like, I don't know. Are I feel like. Go. Already, I got the list of that team. All right, and think about this. This is when a lot of these guys were in their prime. LeBron, LeBron is in his prime. He just won a yeah. ring. LeBron, Carmelo, Kobe just won a ring too recently. Um, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, Iguodala, James Harden, <laughs> Anthony Davis, and Tyson Chandler. They were weak at center because I was a young AD. Eight. AD, was a, AD was right out of Kentucky. Didn't even play in the NBA yet. He yeah. literally finished Kentucky. And when coach went, K was the coach, was so and he pulled and he brought Anthony Davis from Kentucky. Obviously, That's Duke, awesome. Yeah, but just the big time college basketball. He was like, "Yeah, I've seen him play. He's ready." This article's from 2012, July 25th, 2012. Before this team played, who do you think was their player to watch for Team USA? This was a highlighted article by Bleacher Report. Kobe. I don't know. Maybe KD. I was going to say KD. I'll read it to you. This Team USA roster is completely stacked, but coming off the best season of his NBA career, don't be surprised if LeBron James keeps the momentum going all the way to London. It's LeBron James. Yeah, that was stupid. I thought it was a trick trick question. (laughs) Wait, say that roster again? All right, you ready? LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Durant, and Kevin Love. Those are your forwards. Your two centers are Tyson Chandler and Anthony Davis. And then at guard, you had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant, and Darren Williams. Darren Williams. (laughs) That's that lineup. That starting five. You have Durant. You have Durant, James, um, and then you have like Durant, James, Kobe. Dude, young James Harden was like your ninth guy. What about Russell Westbrook in 2012? Remember the video of them watching uh, New Zealand do that haka and all their faces when they're filming that video? They're all like, we're about to whoop your guys' ass by like 70 points, so get this out of the way. That team was so good. That video is so funny, too. It's New Orleans Hornets, Anthony Davis at the time. But yeah, Mello, great career. Kudos to him. Um, Hoodie Mello, definitely going to miss him. Uh, Here's the picture, though. There we go. The three of them right there. You got KD, Kobe, and Carmelo. That's a good one. Iconic. Simpler times. I got one more point here out of the NBA. Steph Curry has been named the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Social Justice Champion Award winner. The NBA announced the award is given to the player who best embodies Abdul-Jabbar's message of civil rights, black empowerment, and racial equality. 
So a great uh, accomplishment for him there. Has he won any of them before? Do they... Any idea? No, I think that was his first one. They said Carmelo had one. Um, I don't right. think the award's too old, but... You know, Kari, he's a great, great community guy. Donate so much of his time and money. Um, his wife as well, so... Not surprising to hear that. It's 2-1 now. I know. I didn't even see. Keep picking my head up to a different score. Bob got... Bob was on his back and uh, Carolina found it under him. Stastny got it. Yeah. Alrighty, let's shift our focus to the NFL. Las Vegas Raiders owner Mark Davis told ESPN on Monday he has come to an agreement with future Hall of Famer quarterback Tom Brady to join the organization's ownership group pending the NFL's approval. Um, I haven't read anything that said the NFL has any reason to deny this request, but... Tom Brady is now going to be a minority owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. I think we might have saw this coming. Um, you guys have any comments on this? I think, yeah, this was... I mean, I, I figured Brady was going to get involved at some point with the ownership. We heard all the rumblings with what he was trying to do with the Dolphins at some point and be part owner and play for the team. And obviously now he's going out to Vegas uh, with the Raiders. So... Um, minority owner, I don't think he's going to be anything crazy, but it's Tom Brady, so he's definitely going to have a say in things. Go. I mean, it's kind of funny that he kind of owns Jimmy Garoppolo now. So when Jimmy G goes down <laughs> with a season end, that. when he goes down with a season ending injury in week nine, when they're like eight and one, because Jimmy G's a goat, as we all know, um, Tom Brady will just probably strap him up. Uh, Jared Stidham, go hold the clipboard one more time for me. And, uh, Josh McDaniels and boys to the playoffs. No, I'm that's, just kidding. But, that's crazy, actually. That whole QB room he's had in New England. Yeah, think about the whole staff. I mean, they have, what, 23 guys that were under the Belichick regime, both coaching and playing. At least, I mean, they have they have Brandon Bolden, and they have the guys on Logan Ryan, maybe, and uh, Jarrett Stidham. Like, the list goes on. There's just a few guys that left this year to go play for him, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. What's his name? Jacoby Myers. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, McDaniel's trying to recreate the Patriot way, but Brady getting his dip in his toe in Vegas, you know he's going to be on the scene even more. Maybe he'll start dating like Kim Kardashian or something. <laughs> Good thing he's done playing sports. Yeah, he's, he's a dog. I mean, how do you hate that guy? You guys like him now? You probably liked him ever since you went to Tampa Bay, right? I, li- I liked I always respected him, obviously, as a player, but whenever he was beating up on my Steelers, it's hard to like him, but... And obviously, I used all those cheating scandals to my to my advantage to you know downplay his success. But you can't argue fucking seven rings. And yeah, when he went to Tampa Bay and he's in the NFC, he's just you know what I mean. Like one, I mean, well, when the, he, that, he escaped Belichick, you can actually see his personality come to life. And exactly, he's pretty that's cool when guy. he like opened up and like you could actually see the kind of person that he was. I mean, he was always out there, but like nowhere to the extent that he was in Tampa. And the video of him like hammered, throwing the fucking Super Bowl trophy from the boat. Like that's one of the most I got that pictures of all time. Yeah, I have that t-shirt. It's iconic. That's getting lo- carried that- off the boat by like Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, the the dude's like get Rosen. your yeah, the dude's like get your ass over here. If you weren't fucking Tom Brady, then- <laughs> you're you're worth way too much money to be like this in public. <laughs> yeah, like you need to calm the fuck down. We need to get you in a room where you, no one's gonna take pictures or fucking videos of you. How many times are we going to see Brady sitting in the in the VIP boxes with Goodell, and they're going to flash to that on like a oh, game every yeah. game? Yeah, honestly, every game he's there, you'll see him on TV. Every game he's there, easily, especially if they host the Patriots. Absolutely, he'll probably be on the field. 
Even though he'll be in Gillette for uh, week one, he won't be in uh, Allegiant. Why? Is that his jersey retirement? That's uh, the, the Brady. It's like the huge deal of the Brady coming home game. Like the cheapest ticket in, in the balcony is like 1250 Week one against the Eagles. Oh, he's going to come and watch you guys get your ass spanked? That's what that's what you'd think. Remember when he was supposed to come spank them <laughs> at home and he almost lost? Remember he almost lost to Nick I know, fucking with you. <laughs> it's the NFL any given Sunday. I know what you mean. Oh, dude, I can't wait for NFL. I can't wait to bet that. Mackie is, a, yeah, I mean, I like your Steelers. Uh, not, not your Steelers, your Cowboys, too. I like I like watching the Cowboys. A lot of people hate on them. I like to hate on them because they, they do it to themselves, but that's a fun team. <laughs> I mean, they're a fun team to watch, definitely, but it's funny to watch them. Well, if I wasn't a Cowboys fan, it would definitely be so funny to watch them just fall apart every single year. I hate the rest of that division you're in, though. I honestly do. Like, those teams are so ugly. Like, the way they style their play, their fan bases hate those teams. Eagles, Giants. I mean, Commanders isn't really even a team. They don't really even have a fan base. Yeah. What did Huff send today? They're the pigs or something? No, that's their that's their mascot. What is his name? Major Major Tutty or something like that. That that their mascot's actually way cooler than their whole team. Yeah. That's that <laughs> that, that team's a joke. And then the Giants and the Eagles, so ugly. Like at least the Cowboys are kind of steezed, but just a bunch of heartbreakers. Sam Howell looking on the up and up for the for the commanders. Oh, while we're on the Cowboys, though, do you remember? Do you guys see that thing I sent? It was uh, reminiscent of Cowboys fans, but Mac, you're not a Stars fan, but you saw Dak Prescott with that Stars clip. Like, it's fourth, <laughs> yeah, and, fourth and very long for the Dallas Stars. Wait, no, I, I didn't see that. What'd you put it in? Uh, Instagram chat. It's it was like a, Dak Prescott. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a picture of Dak wearing a Dallas, a green hat that just said Dallas. He was at the Stars game, and it goes, and it is. it was a the picture of the 3 0 series lead for Vegas, and it goes, it is now fourth and long for Dallas. And <laughs> it's a picture of that. Fourth face. and very long. Yeah, like, fourth and very remin- long. <laughs> reminiscing on their on their uh failed play with Zeke at center. With, with, Zeke, with Zeke at center, yeah. Um I don't know who called that one. Maybe the guy that's still fucking in office because Jerry Jones doesn't know how to pick a coach, but yeah, we'll, we'll have another disappointing season this year. I'm pretty excited for it. <laughs> I heard a little I heard a little rumor while we're on the NFL that I don't know how true this is because I didn't hear it anywhere else, but I was listening to the radio one day and the one guy was like, I swear, my buddy texted me, I swear I just saw Ezekiel Elliott in Southside near the, leaving the Steelers practice facility or wherever they, where like where they do their front office meetings, like they have their team headquarters there. I was like, there's no way the Steelers are bringing in Ezekiel Elliott to play behind Najee Harris. It was probably Eddie Lacy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd be behind Najee. Yeah, he would. It's great. He would be behind behind Najee Harris for sure, though. But he's gonna go somewhere else where he can be the bell cow. I'm I, I'm awaiting that. I mean, maybe it takes an injury or something, um, mid season signing. But I bet you he gets onto a, a a good spot too before before the season kicks off. Imagine him go to the Giants and play behind uh, Saquon. I don't think it's he's not, doing that. He's not playing behind anybody. I th- I think that's the move in his career in at this point of his career. No. No, I he could be a one two punch with somebody, but I think he's gonna go to a team where he can be that guy like the Rams or something like that. What isn't Kenneth Walker hurt now going into the for the Seahawks too? Interesting team. Replace Beast Mode. Yeah. A lot, a lot of open I think doors. Zeke still has it in him. I think he still has it in him. So do I. He shows you that on Thanksgiving that if he's really up to the challenge, then he's a pretty good running back. He just had to get out of Dallas. Obviously, they were moving on. He was moving on. It was just an obvious thing, and uh, the tension was there. I was obviously getting to his head a little, but 
Hopefully, I, it I fares, it hopefully it fares better than DeMarco Murray did when he left the, he, the star. Yeah, def, definitely. I mean, he's one guy I'm definitely going to be rooting for for the rest of his career, no matter where he goes. Same. Feed Zeke. I got some more points here out of the NFL. Austin Eckler staying with the Los Angeles Chargers as he agrees to an extra $1.75 million in incentives. The Chargers keeping a piece of their core. Good stuff there out of L.A. And the last point I have here, the NFL has announced that the next Super or Super Bowl, oh, what number is that? I don't know. It's in 2026. The Super Bowl 60? in 2020. Yeah, no. Yeah, is no. that 60? Eh, it might be. I don't know. We is should probably LX? look that up. But yeah, LX. Is, yeah, that's it's 60. It's 60. Okay. Super Bowl 60 is heading to the San Francisco Bay Area for the 2026 season. As a reminder, the upcoming Super Bowls are hosted in Las Vegas this upcoming year and New Orleans the following year. So we have our next Super Bowl lined up. I believe they also announced the draft is going to kind of blanket on that. Anybody know? Green Bay. Green Bay. Green Bay. That's Green it. Bay. Yeah, Green yes, Bay. Yes, Green Bay. So, so. definitely cool. two good markets there. I like that Levi Stadium is really nice. So. Um, that'll be great to watch a Super Bowl, and you know it's nice too. It's an outdoor stadium. I'm, I know the indoor stadiums are cool and whatnot. Players probably like it more, but I like outdoor stadiums. It makes for much better um, viewing. I like when the elements play a part. You remember uh, when what's his name Peyton Manning was in the Super Bowl? And it was really cold, and they thought it was going to affect him. <laughs> what, was, what year was that? Where was, was that was game? Playing in, was that in East Rutherford? Yeah, that was that the year. Was, yeah, yeah, it was. That was when they became Newton. Yep. Von Miller MVP. Yeah, that, so I like when they're outdoors like that. But uh, obviously, this upcoming one in Allegiant Stadium will be crazy. All righty, that's going to wrap up everything we have for the NFL this week. Lots to look forward to as that season approaches. Like Mackie said, we all want to bet on it. We're all excited for it. Let's move forward to the MLB. We still have to release this on Instagram, but we have our second week of our power rankings in the MLB coming in at number five. We have the Texas Rangers, number four, the Baltimore Orioles, number three, the Atlanta Braves, number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and number one, the Tampa Bay Rays. So a pretty solid list of our top five in the MLB this week. You guys got any comments on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. look at the Rays still right there. That's crazy. How much longer do you think that's going to carry on for, Mackey? I, I don't see it lasting much longer. I think they're holding on by a thread right now. Them being five games over everyone else is definitely helping them right now. But they've they've been playing they've been, they've come back down there in these past few weeks. Just um some teams on the outside that we've uh we've we've some of us have put in their top five we just can't agree on. Um Astro is sitting right there. They've won eight out of their last ten. They're on a seven seven or eight game winning streak at one point. Um, Yankees sitting right there. Brewers, obviously, Twins dropped out of our top five last week. They've been struggling. Um, D-backs. Just some teams playing good baseball teams so that we, we, we're keeping an eye on outside of this top five. But, um, yeah, these, te- these teams are just rolling right now. So, uh, pretty self-explanatory top five, in my opinion. Yeah, you, you kind of mentioned some of those teams there. Um, that Atlanta team, we, we have them and the Dodgers consistently in that 2-3 hole. I mean, how do you not? Look at how much talent they have. Um, Rays playing the best uh, best record in the best division in baseball, so can't argue much there. Orioles fans rejoice. We got you in there. 
I mean, that young core is coming together a lot faster than everybody thought. Adley Rutschman, spark plug, best catcher in the league. Um, pitching staff really, really having its way this season. Um, a lot of young names, Bradish Wells, uh, Kramer, obviously Grayson Rodriguez is there. Um, and then they have that closer too. I believe it's Mateo who's been lights out in the setup role. Um, and then the Rangers, uh, I think they're going to fade out, but they're they're playing great baseball and they get Jacob DeGrom back soon. I mean, that's what they paid all the money for, but I'm, I'm excited for these Astros to catch fire and get into our top five. Now that Altuve is healthy. Um, a lot of people hate him, but he's a great player. And Air Jordan, Jordan Alvarez has been hitting bombs as of late. So, uh, we'll see. Just hope my Red Sox can stick around in the AL East and, uh, Mackie, I like that you're wearing that Padres hat today because that's my pick to win the World Series. Long shot. I've been saying it a few times. Uh, Got to hope they heat up a bit. Yeah, they they obviously have the roster for it. They, they really need to pick it up. I think they're like six games under 500 right now. So um, long season. We know what they can do. They were there last year or right around there last year. So um, yeah, just 162 game season. Everyone's got to remember that. Don't can't jump the gun on anything. Weekly check-in, though. Who's, uh, whose team's sitting the, the best right now out of us three? Mine's a little bit ahead of Mackey's, I believe, as those Mets are turning around. Huff, I think you might have finally fallen to third place. I know. I'm still looking pr- all looking pretty average. Um, Pirates have Pirates hit, an- looking better than the, the- Pirates have hit another they're tough stretch. Good. They're flirting 500. They're getting to that point where um, if they don't turn things around, I think I might have seen my last game. I might be looking at my last game where the Pirates have played about a game above 500, but... Um, <laughs> They just usually get to that point of the series or point of the season. Obviously, coming off a tough series against a really good Ranger team that we have as one of the top five teams in the MLB. Um, and then this weekend, I think the Pirates get a, a really good Seattle team in Seattle. So that's not a really good matchup for the Pirates. No, and uh, it's it, just judging off an eye test, not so much uh, records. I think that the Red Sox, the most consistent of those three teams with their offense. Um, the Mets are on the up and up, though, and they have probably have the highest ceiling out of all those teams. Um, but obviously injuries and, uh, streakiness of that team is yet to be seen. Um, they have to put it all together, but that yeah, Pirates team, uh, I, I like them, but injuries and to they the need, staff I, I was going to say O'Neill Cruz and Velasquez killed them. It's not over yet. I mean, that it's not over, s- but I, somewhat like, wide open. Yeah. I mean, it's a long season, but. Uh, when two when you're when I said your best most consistent pitcher goes down and obviously he's not anymore Keller's in the conversation for a Cy Young award and uh, he's having a hell of a fucking career it's, or a hell of a season that's what I've been waiting on throughout his whole career um, but I, I don't know I think O'Neill Cruz would be a huge part or a huge part in this lineup right now but um, I don't know it's gonna hoping to get him back at some point throughout the season I think they said All Star breakish around then I'm not really sure on that so don't quote me on that but. Um, I, I think he would make a big addition in Velasquez because uh, the pitching rotation rotation just hasn't gotten it done. And Bednar closing the door, he's been there, but um, we got to be able to get to him and use him in situations where he can pick up saves. So um, sitting at twenty five and twenty four, I know it's it's not the be- the most confident I've been in the Pirates all season, but they've definitely hit a stretch where they have some good teams. Uh, they just lost to, and they have a couple series coming up against also really good teams. Yeah, overall. Pirates having a better season than expected, I think, um, coming from Pirates fans. Uh, Red Sox probably having a better season than expected, but Ace never doubts them. Mets not looking the best. Obviously, I had more expectations for this team, but I, I'm I'm not worried about this team really at all. I think they'll get over the hump, at least get into the wild card spot. Um, going to be really tough to win that division, obviously, with 
top two, top three team in the league in front of them, the Atlanta Braves. So um, Mets just need to get into that wild card spot and they can do their damage. They're, they have probably the best two one two punch for that wild card to um, pitch with Scherzer and Verlander. So um, wouldn't be really worried to play in a wild card. But um, yeah, they definitely got to pick it up. $400 million payroll and you're three games over 500. Um, got to figure want- it out. You want to know what a lot of people are going to be looking at in terms of that NL East, Mac? Yeah, I, I think that that Mets team is really good, too. I'm a fan of those two older pitchers, but I don't like how the new rules are kind of affecting them. The Phillies are a team that you got to look at, too, who have been underperforming. And this is a question for a lot of baseball fans to think about. Who do you think is going to come out ahead down the stretch? That Phillies team that was just in the World Series or these Mets that have spent a lot on the payroll? Because we know that the Braves are going to be there. They consistently have been doing it. They're such a good team. Um, consensus one of the best teams in baseball. But you got to think with the Dodgers and the D-backs playing good ball, and you have those Padres too, who are star-studded. I mean, it's going to be tough to get into one of these wild card spots, and those Mets are going to have to eke out the uh, rating NL champs. Um, yeah, they might end up playing them in the in in the, in the wild card, but um, I, the Mets Mets roster is better. Simple as that. On paper, it's a better roster, so. Um, if they play to their potential, they I'm not really worried. But obviously, we know this Phillies team turns it on a notch, especially in the postseason. Um, they have the players to do it. They have the experience. They were just there last year. They know what they know what they need to do to get it done. Um, being a Mets fan, don't really have a lot of um, expectations. I mean, I guess expectations is the wrong word. I don't have a lot of hope. I do have high expectations, but um, I don't. They got to figure it out sooner or later. I mean, they they brought in this new. This new uh, owner, you got Steve Cohen spending all this money. Finally, we never spent money up until three years ago. Uh, you're starting to spend money. You build the roster, and you just gotta perform. I mean, big players gotta perform. Nimmo's gotta perform. You need Lindor to perform. Alonzo, uh, Jeff McNeil, these guys, they have to fucking play good baseball. Pitching rotation has to come down. Has to get it figured out. Um, I like that they've dipped down to a bit of their younger guys too. They're giving guys shots. I can't I can't recall the guy's name who's been like a super utility DH a bit who's caught fire coming up from the minors, but Brett Beatty was a top prospect too, and he's really carved his own role eking out Eduardo Escobar. But it's it's an interesting conversation that I didn't think of until we were discussing that. But I still agree that those Phillies and Mets should be there down the stretch to get into the playoffs and then probably facing off with someone like the Padres if we can get the top teams into that role. But we always know someone like the D-backs or uh, the Cubs likes to surprise us. Huff, uh, just g- quick take on this. I- I'm curious to see what you would think. Uh, if it comes down to it, who do you think could grab a final playoff spot between the Mets and the Phillies as of right now? I'd probably take the Mets just because of their pitching when it comes down to it the last couple the last couple games of the season. I think if you that rotation, and like Mackie said, the, the bats that they have at the lineup, Pete Alonso, Nimmo, I really like Nimmo, and uh, the, the other pieces they have there, but I think the pitching is the biggest reason that I would take the Mets. Yeah, the Phillies, the Phillies lineup, though. I mean, you got Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, um, JT Real Muto, Bryce Stott's playing well. They had a big, had a big comeback well. today in the ninth. Yeah, they, they, they have the pieces Fuck definitely them. hitting. Und, underperforming pitching, that. though. Underperforming pitching. Yeah, Mackey's been high on the D-backs all year. That was a tough miss today. I, I, I've been starting to ride with them, too. I didn't even look until I, I checked, like, two hours later. They're up 5 nothing. I checked two hours later, and they're in the extras. It's 5-5. I'm like... Oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. Trey Turner hit a two-run shot at the bottom of the ninth. Tied up. Yeah, two outs. So speaking, of, speaking of those big names, um, Trey Turner, who hasn't been playing good baseball, by the way. No, but he'll, big. he'll turn that corner, just like I think the Padres will. I think we have a few more points in the MLB uh, coming up here. 
Yes, we do. The Padres place Manny Machado on IL with a hand fracture. Put the Padres down a man there. Any comments on that? Tough blow. Tough blow. Need that lineup healthy, but they, they can replace him for sure. I have him in fantasy. I'd like him to get back soon. One of the best players in baseball, honestly. On top of that, Christopher Morel, that right, Morel, is one of the more surprising stories early on this year. His recent streak of five straight games with the home run is something to ponder at as he looks to continue his success in Chicago. The guy has, the man has seven home runs in 10 games this season. So very impressive for him. Any comment on that? No, just exciting. I think as you get into interest in this London series, I think if he keeps catching fire, Huff was talking about the Cubs earlier this year, a team that hasn't performed up to standards yet, but they have what Swanson and Bellinger hitting around them. So uh nice little lineup they got going there with Morel stepping up to the plate. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, let's move into this London series. We're one month away from this year's MLB London series. Cardinals and the Cubs will square off overseas this summer. Last year, we had the Red Sox and the Yankees, and it was a great series. Do we think these teams follow suit and give us a good series overseas? Uh, I believe it's smaller stadium dimensions and stuff like that. So curious to hear what you guys think. Yeah, two teams that are catching fire at the right time. Two teams that didn't necessarily start the season too hot, the Cubs and the Cardinals. Cardinals obviously had a pretty tough start for Cardinal standards um, to start the season, and now they've really caught fire. They just had a big series against the Dodgers. Um, and now they're they're starting to look like a different team. The Cardinals and Cubs, I think this is going to be a really good matchup, and uh, it's going to be tough to compete with Yankees-Red Sox anytime talking viewership, but uh, I think this will for sure be a good game. Yeah, did you do you remember catching any of that Yankees-Red Sox series last year? I remember I actually watched those both games throughout. I didn't. I actually didn't remember they did this last year. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, as such a big rivalry, I feel like that's must-watch TV. They had it on the weekend, too, in the primetime slots, especially when there's no baseball going on. I mean, no other sports going on. It's yeah. just after the playoffs ends. It's good good to watch. But if I remember correctly, it's like about 330 down the line, maybe 385 in center. That's tiny. There was games that was 17-13 the first game. I think there were some epic comebacks and whatnot. But a lot high-scoring games, um, in my opinion, just fun to watch. Uh is 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 a great game. So I expect something the same here because this is another rivalry. Um, I think it's the whole reason they did it. Absolutely, divisional matchup. Yeah, definitely tune in if you haven't before. Um, the last time they did this actually, yeah, it wasn't last year. I, I don't know why I said that, but it's actually it was actually in 2019. This was pre-COVID. Um, but it was 17 to 13. Yankees won that game. I remember that series continued on. Like the Red Sox beat them in the following game. Uh, let me get the exact series here. Yeah. The last time that was pre-COVID in 2019. Um, Sox, Yankees, and the series summary. Let's see. The Yankees won 17-13 and then 12-8. So the Red Sox actually lost both. But it was, it was entertaining nonetheless. Mac, you had a little Over smirk whenever you said the Red Sox lost both. <laughs> 20, uh. 20 runs and 30 runs. So 50 runs in two games, though. Yeah, that's crazy. That's abs- How small that's is the field? Uh, I think I was just reading it. 385 in center, 330 in, in the corners. It's actually a little league field that they play on. <laughs> Venue. It's at uh, it's where they had the I 2012 local. Summer Olympics at London Stadium. 385. Yeah, 330, 385. That's so small. 
How many how many home runs? I bet you all the balls are juice too. Yeah, right. Let's see. Like those Patriots uh, balls. <laughs> no, those ones are opposite of juiced. Oh yeah, yeah they were they, deflated. They were deflated from Gronk spiking it so many times when they beat the Colts by like fifty in the conference championship. Um B twelve. Let's see. Thirty one were scored. Yeah, thirty. That was the second most runs ever in a in a game uh in MLB history. What was one? That oh. Mexico series this year? No, 31. It was a 20 to 11 win by the Yankees in 09. Was that when they won the World Series? Yeah, so that's that's just vintage. I mean, 20 to 11, that's weird. But the home runs in that game, so the first one, Mackie, there was six home runs. In the second one, there was four. Huh. Not even that many. No. So just a lot, a lot of hits. But still, the small stadium, I mean, 10 home runs in two games, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, but I think this will Cardinals definitely be a good matchup for sure. The Cardinals team started. I mean, Nolan Gorman, that guy's insane ever since he's burst onto the scene. We'll get Tommy to see Edmund. guys like, yeah, we get to see guys like Wainwright pitching and uh, Stroman, probably Italian. Uh, maybe, Paul Arenado. Yep, Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt. A lot, a lot of big names in the series. Hopefully, what's his name? Jordan Walker's back up for this one. Yeah. That's about all I got. Alrighty, I think that's going to wrap up everything we have for this week, episode 39. We're on it. We're ready. The conference finals for the NHL and the NBA are cleaning up. We're ready for the Stanley Cup finals. We're ready for our DraftKings prize pool, so lots to look forward to in the next couple days. That's all I got, boys. What do you got? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Looking to cash this future in with Vegas Golden Knights to the Stanley Cup final. Other than that, make sure you're following along on all the social medias for all the plays week in and week out. And every night, uh, we got like Mackie and Jesse, and we all said uh, conference finals picks, uh, NHL and NBA. I know the Nuggets series is wrapped up, but uh, Celtics and Heat tomorrow night. Um, look, going to be looking to get a couple plays out for you guys throughout the weekend in the MLB as well. So stay tuned. Make sure you're following, subscribe, comment, leave a rating, review, whatever you can do. It really goes a long way. Other than that, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. I said better myself. Yes, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, Celtics, let's go. Win tomorrow night. Stay alive. Got to put the city of Boston on your back as the Bruins let us down. Um, be ready to go for this DraftKings uh, coming out next week for the Stanley Cup. Uh, hopefully, we can get two sweeps here in the NHL so we can get rolling on that and get it out to you guys. Looking forward to it, and uh, we'll keep going on the cards per usual. Tune in. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.